Hi, everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is Coffee and Capes, our podcast about two things we love so very much, good coffee and great geek culture stuff. Let's just say geek culture stuff. We just love geek culture stuff. We do just I mean, love geek culture yeah, stuff. Yeah. Just, our topic today is what made me pause there. At yeah. that great. But we'll get there. We will. We will. Absolutely. That's a little foreshadowing for you folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, uh, if you found us, right? Here's we go through the propers. That's we the next should. thing. I'm we should different. go through the propers. All right. If you're watching us, hey, you found us on YouTube or Bye. or you found us through our own website where you can now watch our YouTube podcast. Uh, that's coffee, the letter N, the word capes.com. So coffee capes.com. Um, you can now find blogs, coffee, uh, our podcast, more coffee, you know, all those things there. Um, again, you found us on YouTube or you might be listening to us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, any of your podcast world thingies and then also following us on uh the socials so instagram coffee underscore the letter n underscore capes uh twitter or facebook you know anywhere that you engage with us we appreciate it you can email us at supers at coffeeandcapes.com big shout out we got an email from alan alan Yay. emailed us i forgot <laughs> to mention it and he was like here you go guys Here's an email. Aww. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Thanks Alan. Buddy. You're the man. For, thanks for listening yeah, and dude. making our, our old guy heart sing here. Right? Dude, seriously. Um, and then also, I, I want to shout out the uh, uh, the whole crew over at Genre Geeks, uh, another podcast. They're a great group of guys. Um, and I don't say that just because they like drinking our coffee. They really are a great group of guys. So make sure you give them a listen as well. Hey, guys. Um so yeah, I, I think that covers our propers. Yeah, a little known fact that uh, World Podcast Thingies is actually the uh, the official specific designation for all the ways that you can get get your podcast. Thingies. World Podcast Thingies. World Podcast yeah. Thingies. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the technical uh, term. The technical term. I love it. The yeah. technical term. Yeah. Uh, the technical term for like anything always ends in thingies. For sure. Yes. At least in my yeah. world. <laughs> Yep. It's like, hey, what's wrong with your car? I don't know. The carburetor thingy, I, I don't think it's working. <laughs> right. That's a problem, I think. Yeah. It's, that's official, like, dad talk, I think. It's like, oh, yeah. Thingy. Hey, go fix the thingy in the garage. What? The, the thingy. You know, you put the, the garbage in. Next to go the other thing. Yeah. Go thing. How, how come you don't know what I'm talking about? Right. Why are you not in my head? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what's next on our agenda, Dave? What's next on our agenda? Uh, what coffee are we drinking today, John? Well, today, Brain, um, <laughs> I am drinking Respawn, uh, which I don't have pulled up because I'm totally unprepared on that front. My bad, everybody. Uh, I just am an epic failure. Um, not truly epic. I feel like that kind of oversold that a little bit. Nobody's really an epic failure and, you know, I don't think, unless, like me, you're sitting here going, what have I done? What have I done? Uh, what have I done? So, Respawn is a fair trade chemical free coffee that's super smooth from start to finish. It is a medium roast. It has tasting notes of brown sugar, cashew, milk chocolate, and citrus. 
It is a single origin and it's best for people with late night gaming habits that keep saying things like, like as soon as I beat this level, I'll go to bed. <laughs> um, I don't know, Dave, if you've played enough video games to have had that experience. I got hooked on World of Warcraft for a while, and uh, I definitely saw the sun come up a few times and could have used some respawn. Yeah, back in the day for me, it was uh, um, season mode of either uh, NHL, I think it was 95, or possibly uh, Tech Mobile way back Ooh, in the day. Tech Mobile? Yeah. I could never get into the hockey ones. Hockey ones were like, just so much going on. But uh, season mode of like any of the baseball games too. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, because it just keep going and going and going. Dynasty mode in NCAA football. Mm, that is brutal. Yeah. yeah, I lost weekend to that <laughs> game. Halo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Excellent. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm actually enjoying our uh, dynamic duo in my yes. coffee and capes mug in dynamic duo guys let me go ahead and get into that one for you just so you know dynamic duo is actually a dark roast um it is uh a blend so from the regions of colombia honduran and ethiopian uh, it has medium acidity and a full body that are perfect complement to a smooth chocolatey finish so smooth chocolatey finish and it's best for Going to or coming home from patrol, taking on really weird people in unbelievable scenarios, and sharing with your best friend. Yeah. So cheers, Dave. Good. Cheers, John. Yay. We hope yeah. you're enjoying some good coffee today, too. Or whatever it is that you prefer to drink in the morning. Whatever you prefer. Um, I believe we're into fan fiction. It is time for fan fiction. We had a little early foreshadowing of fan fiction with, uh, with the email from Alan. What else we got today, John? I know, right? Thanks, Alan, again, for emailing. Guys, we really do love when you email us. It's we like, do. you know, one of our favorite things um, is to get emails and also... <laughs> so, you know, we got this one on... Uh, we just posted something about Battlestar Galactica a couple days ago. And the post, you know, basically asked who remembers the original Battlestar Galactica. It was epic. Uh, we said the reboot was even better. Now there's rumors we're getting a whole new Galactica movie or series. We're going to have to do a, an entire episode on Battlestar Galactica. Absolutely. Like, truly. It's a moral imperative that we do. Yeah. Um, Devin Grigori uh, might have read what we wrote a little bit wrong, but they were nice enough to like leave a, a message. And I really appreciate their passion behind it. It's like the reboot was better. Dear Lord, what's wrong with you? Um, so Devin, don't worry, buddy. Uh, we're good. We're all on the same page. I, I promise you, we didn't mean to say that the uh the original yeah well he thinks sorry he was questioning whether i misread that he was questioning uh that we believe the reboot was better um i like Devin, buddy i loved the original like the little kid in me waited for that every saturday to come on the vipers that was so cool i had a toy absolutely. viper fighter absolutely yeah i did too yeah of yeah. course it got taken away from me because uh the little orange thing that would shoot out of it yeah i chased my sister it's my <laughs> fault um so truly epic sounds about right however and dave you can disagree with me if you want i have to say 
the reboot i think maybe because it had a longer run um the special effects were better the the feel of it overall was a little bit um I don't want to say grittier, but had maybe a little bit more realistic feel to it. In yeah, terms absolutely. Of, in terms of things. So that was, that was kind of my thought. Yeah. Well, and plus it was what 30 years later. So the, the effects are so much better and everything you can do with it is so much better. And the feel of the original, I loved it. It's why the, it's why I was interested in the reboot to begin with. Um, I still remember going to Hollywood studios as a kid and seeing the the big Cylon there, like on the oh man, yeah, the original Cylons were great. Yeah, like that was that's a that's a memory I cherish. But I just to me, the uh, the reboot is just objectively better. It's it's mm. it's more drama. I mean, the first the original pretty campy now, but you watch the reboot, man, and it's there's some tension there. It's a, there's a little bit of like, it's a little scary. You're not always sure who's, who's, yeah. uh, who's a Cylon and who's not and what that means. I and... think that's what, that's the evolution of it in terms of its storyline around the Cylons, I think is what for me made it even more than the original, right? In the original, it was pretty clear who was and wasn't right. Um, in the, in the, uh, reboot anybody could have been a silent right and they did a good job of exploring man we're gonna have we're i think we're just delaying talking about what we're, our plan topic was yeah. today we need right. to say some of this for an actual battlestar galactica yeah let's that. just leave. so so we're gonna Devin, thank i have you lots so more to say about that and Devin, we're so glad that you uh, interacted with us and um and thanks you know, for loving the original yeah exactly like, the most man like high yeah. five to you buddy like yep I would 100% drink coffee with you and watch the original and, and geek out. No For question sure. asked. Sure. Um, Dave, what are we talking about today? We're so excited to be talking about the latest Marvel movie from Sony about a character yeah. that we all know and love. <laughs> so, it, you know, in all fairness, okay, like before we kick this off, everybody should know. I don't think either one of us had any intention on going to see this. However, it, because, you know, we objectively look at things on our podcast and, and we do really love all of geek culture. And, and so we want to talk about everything that's going on. We went and saw it yesterday. Uh, we haven't said what it is. We, we saw Morbius. Right, Morbius. We saw Morbius don't, yesterday. don't have yeah, the pleasure saw... of seeing our backgrounds. We saw more, the movie Morbius yesterday. Yeah, we saw, we saw the movie Morbius yesterday. Um, with zero expectations like zero i had looked at because i like to look at like reviews and things like that and i mean it's been trashed by every like critic known to man but in all fairness like the critics trashed venom and i love venom um and then you see like the fan stuff and there are fans that were like it wasn't that bad you know it was like a seven out of ten or, or something along those lines i was like wow seven out of ten is pretty good like 70 yeah. percent like c's to get degrees um <laughs> and then there are other people like it's the worst marvel movie ever made so zero expectations going into it, at least for me dave yeah. uh pretty much the same i know i know 
I'm aware of Morbius as a character, kind of, but I don't have any. Yeah. I've never read a specific. I, I think I asked you yesterday, does Morbius have his own book? I don't even know. Like, that's how little I've paid attention. I, I, I'm vaguely aware that he exists in the Spider-Man universe of things. Um, right. Yeah. And, and he showed up, I but, think, in like the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. A few yeah. times. And yeah. Weird hand sucker thingies. Yeah. Which was bizarre. Yes. Right? Luckily, those didn't show up in the movie because that, I think, would have just been like the icing on an already underbaked cake. <laughs> I do like icing. Like I, I don't need to have a cake to have icing. Like I'll yeah, just no, have the icing. Dude, I'll eat frosting all day. Yeah. Rachel loves frosting. Like it was the only thing in the house when I was here. Um <laughs> in terms of food. So without further ado, I think we got to get into it. Yeah. Like, we put it off long enough. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're gonna talk yeah. about Morbius, everybody. Let's go. Now, in all fairness, uh, as it ended yesterday, right? And we were we were kind of talking about it. Um I thought the first 15, 20 minutes, I was going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, the relationship between the, you know, Michael Morbius and- Hold on, pause for a moment. It's, it's time for our uh, patented coffee and capes warning that spoilers are ahead. Okay. So like we always spoil everything. Um, as one of my friends has said, like we're, we're very spoilery. We, we give all the spoilers away. So that will continue yeah. to be the case today. So- if for some reason, like it's super important to you to see this movie, but you haven't yet and you don't want to know things, now would be the time to pause this podcast. Because yeah. from here on out, here be spoilers. Yeah, fair. Thank you. Um, so but again, like I was saying, uh, the first 15, 20 minutes, I was pleasantly surprised. The interaction between Michael Morbius and Milo as children, like there, there was actually a little heart to it. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh maybe this movie is going to surprise me. Dave, your 15 to, first 15 to 20 minute take on it? Sure, yeah. It was, um, you know, it was a little disjointed. I, I'm all for a cold open. I like a movie that starts just like kind of in the middle of things. Um, I remember my first thought being, man, is, does Costa Rica really have like beautiful vistas like that? I, I guess I've never been to Costa Rica, but that looked like- Yeah, I've never been there. Um, it looked gorgeous, looked like a gorgeous place to, uh, to, to visit. Yeah, um, I didn't know the Batcave had an extra um, spot there, but nice. right. I mean, Bruce Wayne owns everything. So. I, I, I remember. <laughs> right. I remember thinking I didn't know vampire bats were drawn to blood that excessively. I did not know that they ate things like like piranha. Yeah, right. I don't, right? and I don't really know. I'm I'm not a zoologist. I don't play one on this podcast. Uh, nope. I did zero research on that. I don't know if that was if that's really a thing or if that's just you know, they played it up for the movie, which if so, it was effective. I mean, that was some, certainly some foreshadowing there that this line about, you know, bats are amazing. They, these the vampire bats are amazing. They weigh next to nothing and they can they take, can out, take like out. There was a, a huge giant carcass yeah. in front of the cave and yeah. they, the helicopter pilot was very scared. He's like, we yeah. don't stay here after night. Right. Like it had a very interesting opening. Yeah, that, absolutely. It was intriguing. I was intrigued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it did, you know, the flashback. Yeah. The sudden cut to Greece. Why Greece? I didn't really understand that, but okay. Um, They're just and, trying to make it pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I get, well, which it was, it was, yeah, um, it was pretty in the beginning. And yeah, it was, it was neat to see the, the two of the two of them, Milo and, and Michael uh, get to know each other and, and be friends and, um, you know, kind of have the whole, it's us against the world thing going. Right. 
Um, yeah, because they were they're you know they're both suffering from the same debilitating blood disease and um, which did they say what it was? I no. can't remember. Yeah, if they did, I, I missed it. I don't think yeah. they did. I don't think it's, they did either. Um, and there was there was some pretty clear foreshadowing about how those two were going to end up. Yeah, you know when you know, Michael Morbius ends up being the genius and yeah. he, you know, does this great thing. And then Milo clocks that kid with his cane uh-huh. and takes him out and then like goes on top of him and starts like swinging on him, like rage. Like that kid had a bunch of rage in him. Yeah, for um, sure. That did end up being quite the foreshadow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and then we got into like the testing and Michael and Morbius, we see Dr. Morbius in his clinic or whatever and caring for a, for a sick child and, you know, clearly um, sick himself. Yes. Right. But his humanity is shining through. He seems like a decent guy. Like he, you know, he's setting him up to be a, a pretty good dude. And in to Jared Leto's credit, um, being known as like a pretty heavy like method and character actor who you know i think we can all remember from his stint as the joker um being a little over the top yeah on screen he you i can't remember what you said about him i think i said he was like understated he was, yeah was understated. An understated playing of the role and i think it was he he to me he was the best thing about this movie Yes, I would agree. He was the best thing about the movie. His character was understated. He seemed to, there was a level of like genuine desire to help, uh, right. help others and find a cure for himself. He yeah. went down roads with that where, you know, he, he was going to do the hero sacrifice. There is, you know, the love yeah. interest. Right. And at no point did I, I go, Oh God, here goes Jared Leto being Jared Leto again. Right. Um, I agree. Yeah. He was, he was contained. He was, he was contained almost at times too much. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought there were a couple of times, like maybe a little too understated. Um, but I agree. I thought he was the best thing in the movie. I also liked the sequence. So after, after the incident on the, on the ship and he comes back and he's like uh, alone in his lab again and being the scientist, like taking his, making his journal and taking his notes and doing his, his observations and uh, um, doing experiments and seeing what he could do. Like, I like that part that seemed to fit. Like if, if you're that character and you're this genius, you know, PhD at the time you were 19, um, which, you know, as somebody who, uh, who dropped out of a doctoral program, I'm going to tell you somebody, if, if somebody could really get that at 19, that'd be insanely amazing. Yeah. That's, um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, like I thought that fit, I like that sequence. He's bouncing the ball around and he figures out, starting to figure out his powers a little bit and figure out his limits. Um, I, I think that, that flowed for me about how that character would approach this change that he has discovered is happening in him. Yes. And as that sequence ended. Yeah. The rails really started to come off the movie. 
in my opinion. to come off the rails, I think would be the way that yeah, that that analogy would go. I don't know, whatever. Either way, it doesn't, yeah, you get it. It, you it, it, it went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, it did not get better. No, um, we wound up with a really, really, really predictable villain. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, I don't remember the actor's name who played the the villain. I got it right here, Matt Smith. So I've seen Max. I've I've seen Max Smith in something else. Um, yeah, he's got that face. He looks like. Let me look it up. He looks like the type of guy that would be in like. I think he was Elton in Abbey Pride, or something. Prejudice, and Zombies. Um, forgiven. Oh. Last night in Soho. Um. Uh, patience here. I he was in The Crown. He played okay. Philip, Duke of Edinburgh in The Crown. Oh, yeah, you're right. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. There you go. Yeah. And he so, was in Terminator Genesis, if anybody actually saw that or remembers it. So, Matt Smith. Thought, but I don't remember it. Yeah, not really given much to do other than to be a D-bag. Yeah, I feel like um, he was very shallow in the way that he was written and portrayed. There, there was no depth to him. Everything about him was clearly predictable like you knew what he was going to do you knew what his motivation was you knew like other than him being rich i don't know where that came from other than i guess every every comic book story needs to have the like an insanely rich person yeah to drive the plot you know we we talked about this yesterday like my big beef with the movie well one of them probably the main one for me was how you know, when you pit the the vampire against the vampire. Yeah. I was like, come on, guys. That that felt like phoned in. You have an entire Marvel universe. <laughs> you could go anywhere you wanted. You could invent amazing <laughs> new powers and bad guys that would yeah. made this super interesting and challenging. But no. Though, to be fair, this was a Sony production in association with Marvel. I don't know if it's actually true that they could have access to the entire Marvel crew of characters. You know what? They could have at least emailed and asked. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, like, hey. So in all fairness, though, Sony still owns the Spider-Man properties. Because Morbius is a Spider-Man property. Venom's a Spider-Man property. Carnage is. Yeah. uh, The Vulture is a Spider-Man property. Gee, I wonder why you brought that up, John. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get there. You a little bit. Um, <laughs> so you have access right. to a lot. And you chose angry rich guy who steals the, the formula out of the lab and like becomes a vampire. And then everything that he did was predictable. Right. Every oh, I love being a vampire. You should love it too. We're gonna fight thing. because you don't love it enough. And uh, yeah, and then it was like, oh, yeah, and then every battle just becomes a huge CGI thing about who's who's fast and who's strong. And you know what their greatest superpower was though? They could fall from the top of like skyscrapers. And not only would they not get hurt, their clothes were not hurt. Like, I don't know how yeah. that happens, but apparently the serum like brings your superpower to your clothing. 
Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yes, folks, that's how engaged I was in the movie that that's what I noticed that, oh, hey, he just fell like this huge long way and hit 17 uh, beams on the way down and lands on rock and his clothes are in perfect shape. Right. Uh, I also want to point out this was the most unimaginative naming movie of all time. You had Morbius, Milo, and Mina. <laughs> uh, Martine. Martine. Sorry. Martine. Martine. Yeah. Let's say, uh, so I've got it in front of me, uh, Adria Aronia. And I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but she played Dr. Martine Bancroft. And she was good. She just wasn't given much to do other than to be like the faithful sidekick and then the potential and eventually the semi uh arrived love interest right yeah she uh you know clearly fawned over michael morbius um you know kind of from the beginning and was yeah. willing to do whatever to help him and you know her arc as a character was also very predictable. You knew what was going to happen. You're like, okay, so at some point they're going to kiss and that's going to be a thing. Right. I was surprised, right, that uh, they let her, well, they let her die. Yeah. Um, Which even that was terrible. Sorry, I'll let you, I'll, I'll come back. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, even that me. felt like just the vampire version of the, what's the trope called? Something like the, the woman in the, in the in the in the freezer freezer or the woman in the refrigerator like somebody gets trapped in a you know the woman character only exists to die so that it she will her death will inspire the hero on to greater things like right that's yeah. just awful can we you know but i mean that they, done in all that? fairness hold on that they did that in wonder woman it flipped right oh okay in the first wonder woman that i didn't happened. think of that but sure yeah yeah like it's I, I, it's just it's, a hero's journey. I don't think it has anything to do with gender. I think we've just, in any hero movie that you have in there, there has to be the loss that occurs for the hero to be inspired. All right, that's fair. It, this just like, this movie felt like they had a list and they were just checking boxes. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody said, here's a formula to make a superhero movie. Yeah. And an asinine assumption <laughs> that if you just go down and you check all the boxes, everybody's going to go see it and you're going to be able to make sequels and shove it into the greater universe. Yeah. I like the, the two FBI guys. There seemed to be like they hinted at stories there. They hinted at, at some yeah. sort of back backstory there, uh, but didn't go anywhere. All of a sudden out of nowhere. Oh, Hey, the one guy, the one guy says to, to Morbius, oh man, your artificial blood saved my arm in Afghanistan. That was so cool. Like up until that point, he'd always been in a jacket or something. Like we didn't even know he had an arm that needed to be saved. Like right. it just comes out of nowhere. And and then never goes anywhere. Yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah. It, it becomes one of those, and in movies, like this is one of those really frustrating things, I, I think, from like watching how something's written within the script and within the plot when they tease something and, it, and you know it's supposed to be important and and kind of further the plot and further a relationship along and then they decide not to do anything with it and instead of cutting it out of the movie they leave it in yeah and it just dead ends and that's what happened with that right right Tyrese Gibson 
um, who played the FBI agent. I don't even remember the FBI agent's name that he played, but that, that moment felt like this is going to lead us to something bigger. And then it went nowhere. Yeah. Like nowhere. Agent Stroud. Agent Stroud. Right. Yeah. I, I think we heard his name like once. Yeah. Like one time because it didn't start with an M they didn't, <laughs> he didn't worry about he it. Didn't stick, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and who was the other agent? Like the other guy, agent I, I Rodriguez played Rodriguez. by Al Madrigal. So that actor I've seen in other stuff too. He was really entertaining. Right. He was kind of the, the comedy relief of the, of the show a little bit. Yes. Like bringing the holy water that was triple blessed <laughs> right. into the interrogation room. And he's like, I'm not taking any chances. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm looking at his, his IMDb. I don't see anything on here that I recognize. Bob's Burgers, Immoral Compass, Strawberry Spring, Physical, Hero Mode. I don't, I don't know what any of those things are. Yeah. I've but, seen him in something. But yeah. he, he, um, you know, he was he, fine. He was fine. He was fine. For what he was given to do that. Yeah, you're right, though. That, uh, that holy water moment was pretty funny. Yeah, the holy water moment was pretty good. They they had a couple like moments where there was some levity and it was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but overall, it sometimes a movie just feels like a cash grab. So I think that's the thing. I think that's what it comes down to to me that there's my ultimate reaction to this is there was no reason for this movie to exist. There's nothing about this character that, that explores anything that's brand new. I mean, we've all seen a million vampire movies. There's, it was, as you said, it's like the, just the formula, formulaic superhero kind of generic superhero movie. And there's no reason really to care about this character. Jared Leto was fine. And I want to, you know, I'm like, but I didn't, I didn't feel emotionally attached to this character. Like, oh my gosh, I really want him to survive. Yeah, no, I, there's just no reason for this movie to exist in my mind with the exception of if you're Sony setting up something for the future. Right. Which even that was done in a very haphazard kind of way at the end with yeah. the two end credit scenes. And before we get into that, like one of the things that we talked about after the movie was Sony bought the rights to like all the Spider-Man properties. This was the one you chose yeah. to go to next, where, it, to your point, we've seen a million vampire movies, right? We've seen all the different, like, avenues you could go with vampire movies. I think, allow me to climb up on my how it could have been done better box. So Please. here we go. Let's go. Yeah. If you really wanted to bring this character into the Marvel universe and introduce them and then create something bigger out of them, we know Blade is coming. Yeah. Doesn't it make sense that this character, who source material for, I don't know enough about, right? Because we haven't seen enough about it. Um, I don't think it's it was really popular. I really don't. Um, so if you want to introduce Morbius, the living vampire, like do what you did with Dane Whitman in the Black Knight. Yeah. Right. Find a property that he makes sense to kind of fit into and build a little bit of an excitement around him. 
um, we know the new Blade movie is coming. It seems like a natural thing to tease Morbius the Living Vampire in Blade, right? And then explore that that way instead of introducing a character that honestly, again, the vampire thing's been done a million times over and over and over again. It, it just felt like this could have been done slower and maybe had something better done with it in, in the format that it was completely. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, doing this the uh the Dane Whitman Black Knight style in from Eternals for those of you that weren't uh there aren't checking all your boxes on the references there, but that's that was the character that was introduced in Eternals and eventually is yeah. most along with Blade. Um yep. along with Blade. Eventually though we expect those two to be uh in the Blade movie. Yeah, and that's and and you gotta expect that that's going to go down this path of well, clearly they're gonna have to go down the path of vampires, right? Right. Yeah, because that's while, why Blade exists. Right. That's why Blade vampires. Exists. Yeah. So it would make sense to bring morbius into something like that right yeah. where they cross paths and you know what have you and all that jazz um but man this just again it, it this felt like a cash grab like hey we own this property let's grab a you know jared leto and throw him in it it's kind of a weird character he does weird characters well right right you know let's let's make something out of it and i, and I think they did it wrong yeah, I I can't argue with that. I think I'm going to say one. Here's something I thought was pretty okay, if not okay. even good about the movie. I think the for the most part, the effects were decent. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking at my screen right now and the the transformation from the Jared Leto to the Morbius character to the Doctor character to the vampire version. I thought that was pretty effective. I thought so too. And I liked the moments where like it's he's looking like his normal self and then kind of like the vampire portion sort of flashes out yeah for a second i thought that was kind of cool and at first when they first introduced it i liked the way like when he's figuring out his powers and he's kind of jumping really far and and showing his strength he kind of there's this like sort of black smoke around him that yeah. evokes sort of a, a traditional kind of Oh, the vampires turning into a bat kind of thing mm -hmm. from, you know, Bella Lugosi on like that little like black smoky thing. Um, I like that as a way to depict how how he's moving and, and fast and, and far and strong. But then that to me, that effect kind of lost it when it was the two guys on each other, when there's the two vampires doing it to each other. Yeah. And again, that's because there's there wasn't. We, it became overexposed. Yeah. Right? It, it became overexposed. You're like, too much of a cool thing is no longer cool. And now you've got two guys that are doing the exact same thing. And you're like, all right, now it's just kind of, man. Right. right? When it's just Morbius on him on his own. I, I got to say, my favorite fight sequences in the movie were when Morbius was taking on, like, normal people that were shooting at him. And he's trying to get away or he's, like, sneaking through the dark and he just you know, that smoke thing like you're talking about. I thought those were yeah. great um, and well done and well shot. And then, you know, he starts fighting Milo, who's a vampire as well. Yeah. And Milo looked cool as a vampire. He really did. But it just, you were like me. Right. Now yeah. it's two of them and I don't know which smoke is which. Yeah. So I don't know who to root for anymore. And just, yay, go smoke. Um, 
So it, yeah, it was PSA a, folks. Don't smoke. Smoke. Don't smoke. Bad. Yeah, don't, don't smoke. smoke. Um, and then we got to see, you know, a little bit of uh, Batman show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Apparently, Morbius has the ability to call bats. Yeah. And control them. And in a scene, almost right out of a uh, Christopher Nolan movie, uh huh, he calls all the bats. And they cover him up and it allows him to recover and escape. And yeah, it was it was called right from Batman Begins on that one. Yeah, I really think that like the the writers were like, hey, we got to figure out how to get Morbius out of this. And somebody was over in the other room like, have you guys seen this Batman movie yet? Yeah. <laughs> right. This scene is awesome. Come check it out. Right. And then they all like grabbed their soup and went into the other room. I don't know why they're eating soup, but they all went into the other room and they were like, genius look at that we could probably use that somewhere yeah and they did yeah like the only thing that was missing was uh him wearing like a batman cowl yeah <laughs> that was it it was the same it, like almost i'd have to watch them side by side and i'm really tempted to do it at some point to see how close they were to each other um so yeah. you know unimaginative unimaginative which i think sums up this movie yes but let's talk about the end credit scene oh boy let's yes because we usually love the end right. credit little, yeah you get a little nod to something you get a little laugh or you get a little teaser for something that's coming next yeah and hey we got a big name actor show up michael keaton michael keaton himself adrian tombs literally drops into the movie literally like yeah. the the yeah. whole sky cracks open which yeah. we assume is you know the this multi-man no things. way home like yeah you know universe thing happening adrian tombs gets sucked out of whatever universe he's in and dropped into a, a new cell um cut to a newscast saying that he's getting released that this man identified as adrian tombs appeared in a cell that had been previously unoccupied and he's getting released and nobody knows how he got there and blah 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 and okay he drives away more credits come back to credits it's morbius driving, driving a, car, a porsche right <laughs> which clearly he didn't use the second serum on himself like he said he was gonna nope we did not do the hero sacrifice he no, we did not to stick around yeah it's we we get for some reason it's very important for us to know that it's 2 34 in the morning or something like yeah they cut to the clock in there and then out of the sky comes adrian tombs in all of his vulture stuff where did he get his vulture stuff in this universe right like he dropped out of nowhere <laughs> into a cell yeah. from a different universe yeah and then all of a sudden like i had that same thought i'm like like where did he get where his did he get stuff? his stuff because I don't think the Avengers exist in this universe. I think we'd established that with the uh, with with the Venom scene in uh, No Way Home. Well, we don't know that he's in that. Well, because they talk about San Francisco. They talk yeah, about and Venom, Venom. and and Morbius so, at yeah. one point to scary guy says, "Who are you? I'm Venom." Right. Yeah, it makes fun of Venom, which bad idea. Venom. It awesome. was. That's just another attempt at a funny moment or a connection that just fell flat. Like. Nobody yeah, on screen no reacted and nobody in the theater reacted either. There was nothing. Granted, there. there were four of us in the theater. Yeah, but still. <laughs> um, 
but yeah that that last scene it had so many and then adrian tombs is like i think we could do some good together when did you become a good guy right do good what yeah what are you gonna do what are you gonna do are you gonna steal (laughs) do good robberies are you gonna actually help people are you gonna try and reform like and then they just name drop spider-man i don't know how i got here i don't know much about this universe but i'm convinced spider-man's involved like he went all j jonah janison on us just like (laughs) well whatever bad is happening it must be because of spider-man right what and it just you know (laughs) does does morbius even know who spider-man is i don't know (laughs) so at the end of the day yeah the last word that was said in the movie was morbius responding to to vulture saying intriguing and my response was no it's really not it's not intriguing but i swear that's the only reason this movie exists so they could get to that ending and plan for whatever nonsense it is that they have planned next yeah like what are you what are they going to do next like what what's going to happen are we going to drop and and so here's the thing uh morbius was made for 75 million dollars okay that was the cost it took to make the movie um dave can you look and see how much morbius has grossed so far oh boy i will do my best to look that up here you can just type in morbius Morbius gross worldwide, 84 million. 84 million dollars. 84 million. It has made more than it costs to make, not by much. It is not going to be, I think, a financial uh, juggernaut. No by by any means um but by comparison I, the batman has earned 710 million worldwide <laughs> right but i think that what we're what they're gonna do is they're gonna try and figure out how to bring this character into other properties so sure like, and they're gonna to... yeah and and compare and pair him up with uh with venom i assume that's what they mean right they're all kind of sort of well, pair him up with Venom, pair him up with yeah. Spider-Man, like yeah. have them run across each other. Something along those lines is going to take place. For Some sure. new version of the Sinister Six, but I with the know. like terrible three or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You know, really, at the end of the day, I, I think we just got to put a stake in it. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. We'll yeah. be here all podcast. Um, we'll be here every so- week yeah every week hooray um although we weren't around last week dave was on vacation i was uh, sorry yeah. it's okay. we missed you i hope you missed us thanks for being here. we, with we us missed today. you guys um so dave at the end of the day we have our uh rating system yes what do you give this movie dave i mean i think it's pretty clear i'm giving this an underwhelmed <gasps> i'm surprised <laughs> I never saw that coming. Right? Yeah. Uh, and you, John, what's uh, in our in our patented coffee and capes rating system of overwhelmed, whelmed, or underwhelmed? Where do you land for Morbius? Yeah, this is this is like the first like fully underwhelmed movie I think we've reviewed. Um, I was thinking back to when we reviewed the most recent Matrix, and it was like, well, eh, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. like was great halfway through and then kind of fell apart into a mess and you know what that Matrix you. movie is way better than this movie oh yeah 
Like this movie was really underwhelming um, and just fell flat. Like, uh, you know, and, and there's people out there who like it. There's, like I said, there are people who would say it's like a seven or an eight. It was, some people thought it was better than Venom. I don't agree at all, but Hey man, like if, if this was your jam, cool. I'm glad those people like exist it, in the world. Somebody needs to love this movie. And I'm glad that right? there are some folks that do. Jared Leto's got to eat. <laughs> right. Especially in those first few scenes, man, he was. Yeah. He looked really malnourished. He looked, yes, he did. Um, yes, he did. And he was actually pretty decent in this movie. Like, yeah. Again, that's off to say. Jared Leto yeah. in the movie. Like I, I think this movie clearly suffered from just really poor, like plot development and uh, you know, it felt at times like they were just trying to play it really safe by which is odd for a character that nobody knows about and that you have free reign to do whatever you want with yeah more or less and that you know i can't imagine there's like millions and millions of fan persons like just waiting to tear down the doors if you if you do morbius wrong yeah no like swing swing at the fence yeah like right i mean clearly they did because it's not a you know a property that a lot of people were really like yeah i mean uh, uh, yeah i guess the very fact that it gets made is is a bit of a swing but man then really go for it this is like a check swing if we're going to use the baseball analogy <laughs> yes very much so very much so like a check swing so you know at the end of the day if you liked the movie if if you're out there and you're like i disagree Morbius was like my favorite movie I've seen from Marvel yet. Like, let us know. Like, yeah, tell yeah. us what you loved about it. Like, yeah. drop some comments into the the Instagram DM. Um, we are happy to and love hearing differing opinions uh, about movies. Um, but yeah, for me, this this one, you know, there's very few. Uh, well, we talked about this. I am happy to go see. Uh, superhero movies multiple times usually in the movie theater because they're just so entertaining and and everything else uh no not this one not need to go see this again well you know you said at the beginning you went in with uh, no expectations and i would say this movie met that (laughs) it's zero expectations that's fair that's a fair statement (laughs) it met my zero expectations (laughs) All right, folks. Well, that's what we thought of Morbius. What did you think of Morbius? Leave us, as John said, leave us a comment. Send us an email. We're old. We like email. Thanks, Alan, for the email. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what we got for for today. So thanks for joining with us. Uh, again, you can find us in all the all the worldly podcast thingies. You can you can find us there. And uh, <laughs> um, thanks for thanks for being with us this week. And we'll see you next week. Until then, true believers. Bye, Kevin Costner.